this thing. First inaugural podcast of BNR Consulting. Uh, we're going to do this week to week, and each week we're bringing you different takes regarding the games coming up in the NFL. We'll do some recap stuff. We'll also throw in a couple, uh, couple of things you may not know about what to look for, stuff like that. So let's kind of just delve right into it. Uh, yeah. B, what you want to talk about first? Well, since it's the start of the season, I think a great place to start is with the new head coaches and what are we going to expect from them. And then I think the best one to start with is Mr. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. I'm telling you, the man who has taken multiple college teams to the NFL, uh, to the college football championship and has stood on the top of the mountain. He's trying to conquer the NFL dragon now. Honestly, I don't see it happening. I agree with you there. I never trust any college head coach who just jumps over. It's a hard transition. Plus, there's a lot of scandals, I feel like, with him at colleges. Like, he left Florida right after a whole bunch of, like, scandals came out right after. Hit a bunch of criminals, it seemed like, on those teams. Uh, so, how he won those championships, I don't know, is going to fly with the NFL. Uh, and just it's hard to bring that college mentality and get it to translate to NFL players. So, I no. completely agree. But it makes perfect sense that he came to a Florida-based NFL franchise because he knows all the ins and outs of the legal system in Florida. <laughs> so and he's on the right track. Now, I think looking at everything that's going on, he's got the top pick. Everyone's got high expectations of Trevor Lawrence. I don't think it's going to be enough to overcome all the deficiencies uh, within that team. I'm looking at a 4-13 and season. What, do you, what about you? I think that's a real uh, good or realistic goal for them. They've shed so many of their players from when they had that playoff run all those years ago, which feels like an eternity ago at this point. After that, they immediately just got rid of every player. Uh, so John Lawrence <laughs> is going to have his work cut out for him to win four games. Um, but I think that's, you know, they're playing the Texans some, so they're probably going to sneak out a win or two from them. So four <laughs> and 13 sounds very reasonable. All right. Well, then – you know, let's stick to the AFC. Let's look at the Chargers. They've got Brandon Staley coming in, D.C. from L.A. What do you expect? I have my questions about him. I know he led the Rams to the number one defense, but he had some great pieces, and that's a different team and a different style of defense than what he's bringing and trying to change the Chargers into. I'm always hesitant of any coordinator who's like, well, I'm bringing my system. We're going to do things my way, and I'm going to make everyone play that way. I'd much rather like a Sean McVay who molds his system to his players than the other way around. So I have my concerns. Oh, I mean, I think you have very valid concerns. Show me a head coach who's come in and said, I'm going to make these guys play my style of football and been successful. It's those coaches who come in, they get burned out or run out of the franchise within two seasons. You know, you're talking about uh, Bobby Petrino with, with Atlanta. You're talking about Nick Saban with the Dolphins, like, these guys just they don't they don't understand that you're walking into a situation where you've got great talent. You need to work with that talent, not force them to do new things. Yes, and that's not to say the Chargers aren't a bad team. I I love the way they built their team. They have some great pass rushers. They have some great secondary pieces. They have a good defense. I've, you know, found looks like franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert. So they're building it right. I just really question the head coach choice. Uh, so I don't have. You know, I still think they're going to be a solid team, though, and really compete in the West. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, they've done a lot of the things that you want to see in a franchise and a team building around their young quarterback and hoarding talent. Uh, with that said, I'm looking at an 11 and six season. Uh, I think they make the jump this year. So that's a, a little bit bolder than I'm going to go. I'm going to still say they have a successful year. I'm going to go nine and eight. I think the Broncos are going to challenge them, probably go one and one. Chiefs, they're going to be lucky to go one and one, but I think they'll probably have a good chance to do that. So. I'm going to be a little bit less optimistic, but still a strong season. No, I'm all in. I'm I'm all behind that hype train. That's just me. Okay. And it's very rare that I'm wrong. So we'll see. We will see. We'll keep track of all of this and come back to it later. Perfect. So then now that takes us oof, to the Jets, the generationally terrible, awful Jets. Another season, another new system, another quarterback, another head coach. Will it be the same outcome and disappointment for Jets fans? So I feel like Jets, this is going to be a crazy thing to say. I feel like they're finally maybe doing things the right way. That's a lot of qualifiers there. <laughs> but they built some of the offensive line. They've got a bunch of, you know, at least number two, number three receivers. They have a plethora of those for their quarterbacks. And they just got uh, Zach Wilson. He looked awesome in the combine. I feel like, you know, they're a year or two away, but they're maybe on the right path. Okay, all right. So looking at their season, what are you projecting? So I'm going to go, I feel like this is a positive, you know, good outlook for them, 6-11. and 11. Oh, 6-11. and 11. I mean, that's not bad. I think that's a good point. Uh, I think if you walk out of that season 6-11 and 11, as a Jets fan, you have to be optimistic about the future and what Robert Salah is going to do for your team. Yeah, this year is all about going that right direction. Okay. Now, looking about the right direction, let's go to the opposite side, the complete wrong direction. We're talking about the Houston Texans with David Culley <laughs> as their new head coach. What the hell are they doing, and what do we expect from them? Well, I hate basically everything they're doing right now. <laughs> uh, they completely did not listen to us. They didn't even respond to our many tweets at them telling them to get the Chiefs uh, offensive Benamy, coordinator, yeah. Eric Benamy, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we strongly endorse him, and they only eventually listened and got him a, you know, a sham interview down the road. Uh, Goddamn so I don't cowards. Really, Goddamn yes. cowards. <laughs> uh, so I'm not a huge fan of David Coley. You know, I didn't. I feel like it's a huge leap for him to, from what his experience is at, and obviously they just lost basically every good player they have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just picking up guys who are just now getting off of their shifts at the Waffle House and fundraisers and shit. Like, <laughs> they've made this team up primarily of just cast-offs, cast-away, and practice squad. I'm not and sure if their plan is to just completely tank to get Spencer Radler and hope that they draft well after that, but I, I can't see where the, where the thought process and the light of the ten, end of the tunnel is for this team. Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, they're in fire cell mode. They just traded uh, what, Bradley Roby, uh, their cornerback, yeah. to the Saints. Yeah. Uh, one of their good players they have left. So it seems like they're willing to trade any valuable asset to do a rebuild after okay. the destruction that happened. You know what? And I have to correct you because initially you said that this team had nothing and had no one, but that is false. They have Danny Amendola, who is just completely and woefully overrated because of his three Super Bowl wins, but he is the only name on that team. 
they have Brandon Cooks and Laramie Tunzel. Those are two pieces. You add a young stud quarterback to that, and boom, you have an offense, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what they think, and that's why they brought in Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> yes. God. I just I don't see what that team is doing. I'm looking at them as 2-15, and 15, getting the overall pick, but there's a good chance they pull the Jets, and they don't know how to tank properly, and then someone like the Raiders end up getting him. Uh, who knows? I mean, I agree. It's either going to be like two and fifteen or three and fourteen. I have to do my math with the seventeen game seasons. It's going to be low until they're going to be lucky to get any wins. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now, let's going to shift over to the NFC. What do you think about uh, Dan Campbell and the Lions? Dan Campbell, I think he is a character <laughs> um, for sure. I mean, he's a crazy dude. But I felt like the Lions were doing all right. Like, they seemed to be building something. And then uh, Matt Patricia, obviously not the guy to be on there. I don't know if Dan Campbell, he seems like another guy, limited experience, kind of making a big jump. I know he was a head coach for a little tiny bit and didn't do a ton, I think, at the Dolphins years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then obviously they get rid of Matt Stafford. It seems like they're in a rebuild mode. I don't have real high expectations this year. You know, I I would agree in the sense that he is a character, but for whatever reason, I'm buying in. I don't know if it was the fiery introduction speech, but a man who is telling you that he is willing to bite your knees, your ankles, and possibly your dick, that man (laughs) cannot be underestimated. But who is Goff throwing to? He has Hawkinson, and that's basically it. Like, read off the depth chart for the wide receivers there at the Lions. We're going to not know anyone. <laughs> it's going to be brutal. <laughs> All like, right. Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. If you have the opportunity to get TJ Hawkinson in your draft, in your fantasy draft, get him because he's going to be getting every look possible. He's the now, only receiver they got. Now, you did mention the depth at, uh, for the Lions. So I'm taking a look at it here. They do have Tyrell Williams and Trinity Benson. Uh, oh, household names. <laughs> Maybe not in that order, but yeah. Not also not in our household or any other households in Detroit, but somebody's. Okay, these people have parents, so it's got to be floating around that household. <laughs> All right. For me, I'm looking at probably eight and nine. With the offense they have, and I'm not a believer in golf. I'm going lower than that. I'm going six and eleven. I think they are below mediocre just eh, at best this year all right how do you not believe in golf he took a team to a championship sean mcveigh took a team to the championship despite having golf all right you know what i'm gonna put it on record right now sean mcveigh ain't shit okay he's gonna get sean mcveigh ain't shit okay he's gonna get yes sean mcveigh got kirk cousins a shit ton of money that man is amazing Okay, Kirk Cousins got himself a shit ton of money. Okay, he re-upped and the and the uh, and the Vikings doubled down. Okay, that man is the person you want to take to Vegas. Okay, because he knows how to hit on everything. Either that or get him in your next pyramid scheme. He'll get everything sold. He'll get everyone locked in the big contracts. There you go, Bernie Mad- uh, Madoff, Kirk Cousins. Who's <laughs> the cat? All right, sticking in the NFC, we're going to go to the Eagles. We're looking at Nick Sirianni. 
uh, former offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. What you think? Well, as a Washington fan, I think I'm going to be happy this year if I'm right. <laughs> I think they're going to be a shit show. Like they either have just old talent that's going to can't stay healthy or they've gotten rid of everyone else. They're in a terrible cap situation. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the guy. I think they're in big trouble. You are absolutely correct there. I think the Eagles, they've got no positional talent outside of maybe Zach Ertz, who they're trying to get rid of. So then you're looking at Dallas Goddard, who was also on the trade block, and they can't seem to get him re-signed. They've got nothing when it goes the, comes the way of uh, wide receivers. You're looking at Jalen Rager, the top pick last year, and uh, what's his name, Devontae Smith this year. I love Devontae Smith coming out of uh, coming out of Alabama, but he was also he had an offensive line that was NFL caliber in college. He had a quarterback who got drafted in the first round. He had a lot of things going for him that he does not have this year. So I don't think it's going to be enough. I agree with you. As a Cowboys fan, we're going to love watching them scrape the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So I'm fully prepared to just go all in on this. Take whatever hate it gets. I'm going four and thirteen. They're losing two times to Washington, two times to the Cowboys, two times to the Giants. They are going to suck. Damn. All right. Well, everyone, you heard it from him. Feel free to reach out to him, comment, whatever you got to say. Personally attack him. Get us on Twitter at uh, Consulting BNR. Again, that's Twitter Consulting BNR. Next person. Uh, next team we're looking at. I think the last one is Arthur Smith with the Falcons. What you got? All right. So he's coming from the Titans. You know, I think uh, Mike Brabel's shown that he's actually a good coach from the Belichick coaching tree. Uh, he's going to probably bring that toughness that he's shown for the Titans, bring it to the Falcons, which is probably something they need. Uh, obviously, Dan Quinn was not the guy there. <laughs> they went 0-5 without him, with him, and then they did – you know, better four and seven without him. So I think that trend is going to continue. I think they're going to be better than kind of just the dumpster fire they were at the beginning of last year. Yeah, no, I, I think you're onto something there. The They've got weapons. I mean, Kyle Pitts is a ma- nightmare matchup for mm-hmm. every defensive coordinator. If they're not feeding him the ball, they're feeding it to Calvin Ridley. I, I think that offense really picks up steam. It's going to be about that defense, what that defense is going to do. They weren't the worst last year. That title was held by my Cowboys. So we'll see and what again, happens. We saw the defense significantly improve once Quinn left. Um, so, which isn't great for your Cowboys. But the two are unrelated. They are unrelated. There are times where this head coaches kind of outrun their time and just people stop listening to them and they need just a new environment. The team needs a new coach and the t- coach needs to go somewhere different. People who haven't heard him probably bitch and yell at them 20 million times. And so, you know, sometimes just a new location is all you need. So, No, you're absolutely right. So then what are we talking about? I'm looking at a 500 season or I guess a 499 season or a 501 season because there's no such thing as a 500 anymore. <laughs> so uh, with the Falcons, I'm going to kind of lean into my next or next spot, but they're actually going to be a team I think is on the rise. I'm going to go. Nine and eight or ten and seven, which is a huge improvement for them. Damn, ten and seven. Oof. Man, I, I need think... to take you to Vegas, sir. You, <laughs> you're all in. Okay. 
feel free to either oh, be prepared to either just win a ton of money or absolutely lose everything. I think that's, that's really the only way. way. That's the only way it goes. No one ever actually walks out breaking even ever. <laughs> so that's true. All right, I mean, you kind of touched on it. I mean, we're going on the next segment here: our risers and fallers this year. You kind of touched on it again. Yeah. You're looking at the uh, the Falcons. Do you think they're going to be your team who's on the rise in the NFC South? Yeah, for all the things that we said. And I think some of it for me is that my faller or the team that I'm expecting to do a lot worse is the Saints. Uh, cool. Without Drew Brees, with Michael Thomas being out for six weeks, they're also in cap hell. They've lost a lot of good players. I think they're going to have a lot tougher time. You know, they're losing. Saints are going to lose twice to Tampa, probably one one in the Falcons. The Panthers seem to be up and coming, so. With them going down, I think the Falcons are going to come in there and take their spot. Okay. All right. I, I like that. I like that. For me, my risers and fallers, riser, touched on already, L.A. Chargers. Love this team. Justin Herbert last, last year was slinging it, and he was running for his life. They shored up that offensive line by picking my top tackle in the draft, Rashawn Slater, and then circling back in the second round and getting one of the top defense, defenders in the draft in Asante Samuel Jr., you're going to pair him with Derwin James, who hopefully comes back healthy. And this team could take it to the next level. I think that they push the Chiefs. I don't think they get swept. I think there's a good chance they, they split that series or split, uh, split the series between the two of them. But watch out for this team. So that, that's where we are with them. My fallers, Washington football team. What? Yes. Hear me out, okay? They are going into the season with a division winner schedule, plus the unknown of, Pitt, of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think he's going to be your guy by the end of the season. I think Tyler Heineke comes in probably week four or five because the enigma that is Ryan Fitzpatrick, is it's over for Ron Rivera. Fitzpatrick's going to give you a game where he throws four touchdowns, 300-plus yards, but then he's going to give you three more games where he throws a touchdown, three picks or some shit like that. Uh, I don't know what to expect from them. I can't say that Brian Fitzpatrick is going to be infinitely better or infinite, infinitely better enough for that team to repeat as the division winners. They just barely got it last year. They're not going to be able to do it again this year. That, that's what I'm looking at as my faller. I would have gone with the Saints but I figured that was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, as the resident Washington fanboy, I will just let it be for that. I'm just going to say, for your sake, I hope you're wrong. I watched Tiger King, and I know how to put that information into practice. So, and or disappearance will be <laughs> written in crayon on your will. Also, side note, the fact that you can get a Tiger Cup for only $2,000 that seems like a good investment. It does. You add that with a life insurance policy in my name, things start <laughs> just writing themselves. Like it's pretty easy. <laughs> my HOA is going to fucking <laughs> love that. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the uh, the games this week, we've got a couple of key games that we want to watch out for and a couple of predictions for those games. So we're going to start tomorrow night's game. Opening game of the season, my Cowboys against some other shit team. I think they won some stuff last year. I don't really remember. Buccaneers, who were you looking at to win that game? I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious for everyone, for all the betters, for anyone with half a brain. It's going to be the Bucks. Like, 
their defense is great. They have loaded offense to keep up with the Cowboys, also good offense. But their defense is going to shut them down and make the difference. I think it's going to be close. I'm not taking the spread, but I'm definitely taking the Bucks. Okay. I, before I saw the Zach Martin news, I was all in. I thought the Cowboys were going to walk in and beat the shit out of the Bucks, put the team, uh, put their legal notice that the Cowboys are for real this season. After the Zach Martin news, we are not going to beat the shit out of the Bucks. I think we will <laughs> still beat the Bucks, but we're not going to beat the shit out of them. Okay. Vita Vea is going to be a problem for our interior line because, uh, as I've said on a number of occasions, Connor Williams is shit. He is terrible. He is overmatched by every interior lineman I have ever seen. And watching him play physically makes me ill. So please, God, if you're listening, dear God and or Satan, please, please find a way to get Zach Martin back into this game. Negative COVID test today, negative COVID test tomorrow. Drop him in from a helicopter. Put him right on the field. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. But so, if that doesn't happen, I do believe the Cowboys still pull out the victory, and it's going to be like a 31-28 victory. Okay, well, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. As of right now, who has the better defense, the Washington football team or the Dallas Cowboys? What? What kind of question is that? Okay, I think, you and I, both know, I think you and I both know the answer to that. It's the Bucks, but – No, no, no. Who has the better defense, the Cowboys or Washington football team? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think I can answer that at this time. I don't have enough information. The Bucks put up 500 yards on Washington football team. They're going to roll 700 against that Cowboy defense. There is no fucking way. Okay? No <laughs> fucking way. The reason why they put up 500 yards against that Washington football team defense is because the quarterback play wasn't enough to sustain drives, keeping the defense on the field. Okay. Oh, you're going to throw your boy Heineke under the bus? I like Taylor Heineke. I do. I would like him even more if he didn't play for your team. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to agree disagree. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the AFC Championship, Chiefs versus Browns. Oof. I think this is going to be a really good game. And I'm looking for the Cleveland Browns to atone for last year's game. If they would have listened to us and – I'm going to blame their social media handler for not responding to our tweets because we called them out specifically on telling them how to win this game. You give the ball to Nick Chubb, you run the shit out of him and keep Patrick Mahomes out of the field. There's the argument that could be made that if you're running the ball to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, every drive has to end in seven points because the Chiefs can score that quickly. I understand it, but if they're playing against Field possession, time of possession, that's a better better opportunity to win than trying to just outduel him with Baker Mayfield and, uh, and Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. So I'm looking for the Cleveland Browns to atone for last year's game. They're going to run the shit out of Nick Chubb. I'm taking them over them. Oh, I'm taking the Browns over the Chiefs. So, yeah, I think they would have won if they had listened to us. Clearly, they need to fire their whole social media crew. That Our tweet should have just been ran right to the coach. But I don't think they're going to do that again, though. I think they're not going to learn from last year. They're going to keep trying to keep up with the Chiefs. They're not going to play good enough defense to do so. Like the Bucks were able to just by playing phenomenal defense against them and then, you know, making the most of situations. But mainly it was their defense. The Browns' defense is fine, not that great. 
I don't think they're going to learn to just put 300 yards rushing against the Chiefs like they should, and I'm going with the Chiefs. Now, do you think that the Bucks kind of laid the blueprint on the best way to beat the uh, to beat the Chiefs? You get Patrick Mahomes off the spot because the Cleveland Browns don't have a defense that is shit. Like they're not to be slept on. They have a good defense. They do. I mean, I think yeah, the Bucks showed you what to do. It's just really hard to have that many weapons on defense all over the field. Um, so I mean, they do. The Browns do have a great pass rush though. Miles Garrett, and then they added. Uh, Jadavian Clowney. There you go. So if they're able to get home with four, then their defense can probably do enough because you rush four if you can get pressure and then make him read the coverage, then you have a chance. If you can't get there with four and you're starting to blitz and then there's pockets opening up on the defense, he's going to pick you apart. I agree. If you feel like you have to keep bringing extra guys to uh, for pressure, you're fucked because he's going to uh-huh. pick you apart. He's going to find the uh, the open zones, and he's going to just destroy you. So I agree with that, but I don't think – I could be wrong, but I do not think that the uh, Browns are going to make the same mistake twice. They Got saw it. that opportunity slip from them. They're not going to make that same mistake again. So well, we'll see, though. I hope for Browns fans that they do because I think they have a real shot if they will stick to the red. Yeah. Okay, so then let's look at – the matchup between the Jets and the Panthers, the Sam Darnold put my dick on the table game. Okay. I'm looking at this game. I see Sam Darnold coming in saying, I was never as bad as you thought I was. Adam Gase was the problem. And he's about to show them why they, he came in to this, uh, this Panthers team with Matt rule, who has a very quarterback friendly offense. You saw what he was able to do with Teddy Bridgewater last year. Christian McCaffrey comes back. He's still got DJ Moore on the outside. And he has a really good rapport with Robbie Anderson from their time in, uh, in New York together. I think Sam Donald comes out. He, he puts them on notice telling them that they fucked up. Yeah, I agree. I think the Jets were probably playing tough. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But I don't think the Jets are going to be there yet. So for everything you said, completely agree. I think the Panthers are you know the pretty clear favorite, which – Probably is going to be for many games for them, but probably anytime you're playing the Jets, you're going to be a favorite for her this year. No, no, I agree. All right. Bills, Steelers. This is going to be a good matchup. What do you so, think? I think those will be a real fun one to watch. I expect there to be a lot of scoring. Roethlisberger hopefully is all fully healed from everything. I think last year he was still lingering from a lot of stuff. And then they have so many weapons on the Steelers, have so many receivers to throw to. Bills obviously have a prolific offense. It's going to be a ton of points. I still expect the Bills to pull it out. I think their defense is a little bit better. And with, um, what's his name, Josh Allen, he's going to be better than Roethlisberger that day. I expect them to win. Okay. I'm looking at the other side. I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers to pull this one out. Yeah, Big Ben, he's, he's looked good. They still have a really good receiving core with Clay's Chase Pool, uh, Chase Claypool, as well as Juju Smith-Schuster. I think the X factor is going to be the running game, and Najee Harris looks really good. I know it was just preseason, but they look like they're trying to get him the ball all the time in whatever fashion that looks like, whether it's handing him the ball off or throwing in the, in the throwing game. I think that's going to be the difference. Other side of it is. The Bills, yeah, they were the hot team last season. I, I'm 100% there with you. They looked good. Josh Allen looked good. But the difference between a good team and a great team is, is expectations. And I'm not sure 
if the Bills are ready to meet the expectations that comes with getting to an AFC championship game. So I could be wrong. We're going to find out, but I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers to win that matchup. I mean, I will agree. We have seen teams get there and then not be able to repeat that success. They think it's going to come easy. While the Steelers, we've seen them repeat it year after year after year after year. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to come back and, you know, they were good last year and then fell off. I don't expect them to, you know, just be like, oh, we're a bad team now. So we'll definitely be competitive. Yeah. You know, the Steelers, they've got a pedigree and their mm-hmm. coaching staff and on that team of understanding how to win, how, what it, ta- what it takes to come back and start over from scratch. I'm not sure if Sean McDermott and Josh Allen are mentally prepared for that, or if they're still feeling themselves from last season. I think this is going to be a good chance for us to find out. Okay. Yeah. That should be a real interesting matchup. Definitely a fun one to watch. Yeah, for sure. And then the last game that I'm really going to be looking at is battle of the Alabama quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Tua Tua Talavailoa, I'm pretty sure I fucked that up, but whatever. (laughs) Patriots versus the Dolphins. What are you looking at? So this one is mainly, I not that I think the Dolphins are going to be great. I think the Patriots are going to be bad this year. So I'm going with the Dolphins primarily on the strength of their defense. Hopefully they're just going to run the ball like crazy, keep it out of his hands. Uh, I expect them to eke away with a win against the rookie quarterback. Okay. Well, I'm looking at the other side of it. I'm looking at the New York, New York, New England Patriots, because I don't think that Josh McDaniels is going to put Matt Jones in a position to lose this game. They're going to keep it close and he's going to do everything that he needs to do to play within that system to pull out this win. I don't think Tua has the ability to do everything it's going to take to win. I don't trust Tua. Everything I saw last season, hell, even with the Alabama team, that team was loaded and it was stacked. I, I don't trust him. We'll see if he changes my mind, but it won't be in week one, that's for sure. I think this is going to be an ugly game for both quarterbacks. They're both going against defensive-minded head coach Belichick and then his protege. Uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. going to be probably a lot of turnovers, a lot of incompletions while they don't really know what's going on with the defense. And both – well, the Patriots are there with the Lions as one of the worst receiving cores in the league. Uh, the Dolphins, I think, you know, they have Jalen Waddle now and they have some other guys. They're young. They might have some potential, but with Tua throwing to them, it's not going to be amazing either. So I think it's going to be an ugly one, all defense. Nope, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. So that, that that kind of wraps up what we're looking for for games this week. What about matchups? One matchup to watch out of all the games. For me, right. I've got my eyes on uh, – my bad, I mean to cut you off. I've got my eyes on the matchup between the Lions and the 49ers. Panay Sewell against Nick Bosa. I want to see if Nick Bosa comes back from that torn ACL – to to bring himself back to that 2019 form where he got nine sacks, an interception named to a Pro Bowl defensive player of the year, or I'm sorry, defensive rookie of the year, and helped lead that team to the championship. On the other side of it, I'm looking at Panay Sewell. You know, he, he sat out last season, but in the first two seasons he was with the Oregon Ducks, he allowed just one sack over 1,300 snaps. I mean, those are amazing stats. I want to see who comes prepared, who's ready to play. So I think that one is going to be telling for both teams. If Panay Sewell doesn't struggle, that's going, to be a, that's going to be a good draft pick for the Lions. But on the other side of it, if the Nick Bosa comes back at that same 2019 form, 
that 49ers defense could be here to fuck some shit up. Yeah, talk about a welcome to the NFL moment when you're out there uh, first snap and tackle and to see Boza across the line from you. Yeah. That has to be a little bit terrifying. Uh, so, yeah, definitely that's going to be an awesome one to watch. Yeah, and I mean the other side of it – or not the other side, but uh, the other thing about it is Penny Sewell has struggled in the preseason. He hasn't looked great. So to think that he's going to turn it around in the one week between the last game and this first game, highly unlikely. But – We'll see what happens. Yeah, what considering he's going against Boza. So for me, you you hit on it. Um, it's Darnold versus the Jets. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see how he bounces back away from Adam Gase. See if he can, you know, do his comeback tour that way. You know, I think we know at this point that Adam Gase is a terrible head coach who ruins everything he touches. He um, is ruiner of all things. Yeah. So Darnold was just absolutely terrible with him. So I'm interested to see, you know, can Matt Rule work his magic? And I think, you know, probably will, but it'd be a lot of fun to watch to see how he does in that offense against the Panthers. Uh, since you kind of hit it, I'm also going to throw in a bonus one. Okay. Rashawn Slater first Chase Young. Oh, in that God. Chargers game. So okay. Go ahead. I'm going to let you talk say what's before real... shit all over you. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say what's super interesting about that one is Rashawn Slater was the one guy who gave Chase Young fits God in right. college. God damn right. And Northwestern. That was my whole thought process, process, thought process behind the Cowboys getting him in the first round. If you know you're going to have to play Chase Young twice a year, why not get the guy who whooped his ass? You know what? I'm just going to get angry again, so I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> but I know that, that is a you were on the table, pounding it, jumping up and down like crazy to draft Rashawn Slater for the Cowboys, and we'll get a, a real good idea if you're right or wrong in this week when he goes up against Chase Young. Ah, uh, that's a good one. I can't wait to watch that. So, yeah. All right. So then now this is the last thing. This last bit, this is something we're going to be doing every week. We're going to be keeping tabs, right? So we're going to be having bets placed. So we're going to make our own predictions, and whoever is right at the end of the season gets to dole out a punishment to the other person. And we're talking like, generationally humiliating punishment. My kids need to be able to want to change their last name because they don't want to be associated with it. That bad is what I'm looking for. Yeah. So we'll, each, each week it might be different. It's going to just change, but we're going to be keeping track each week to see who, where, the, where we stand in the standings uh, about who's on top and who's not. Yeah, so we'll make sure to keep everyone updated with what's going on. And then once the punishment's doled out, we'll make sure to throw it up on social media so everyone can see and enjoy the humiliation as well. <laughs> All right. So then with that said, I'm going to look at Jalen Waddle. As much as I do not trust Tua, I do not trust the Dolphins wide receiver depth more. I'm looking at their wide receivers. They've got Devontae Parker, Wolf Fuller, Albert Wilson, Matt Collins. Wolf Fuller, there's a good chance he's probably going to play six games. Devontae Parker, he's been the guy for two seasons, three seasons, and hasn't been able to do anything. There's no reason to think he's going to do it now. Matt Collins, he's just another guy that they got off from the Eagles. And Albert Wilson, he's been there a while, still hasn't done anything. Jalen Waddell, he's the new face. He's the guy who's got the rapport with, uh, with Tua. I think that they're going to try to establish something early and often. So I'm looking at an over-under. We're going to do yards and touchdowns. I'm going to say Jalen Waddell has 1,100 yards. Over-under. So 1,100 would be a huge rookie season 
I don't even know if Tua is going to throw for that many in a year. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel pretty comfortable taking the under on that. I cannot wait to make you look like an idiot. <laughs> All right, what about oh. touchdowns? Eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. Eight touchdowns. All right. So this might be shocking based on what I just said. I think Waddle's going to be the guy to catch passes. He's the only one who's going to be there to catch touchdowns. I'm going to go with the over just as a surprise. That eight touchdowns is a huge rookie season. I'm going to say he does it. All right. Okay. And now what you got? All right. So I was looking at Jamar Chase. He goes to a team that already has some weapons, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, and obviously an upcoming quarterback in Burrow. Burrow, by the way, was on a great pace last year before he got injured. He was on like 280 yards a game, which translates that to a really strong, great rookie season. So there's quite a few yards out there, but there's a lot of like throwing it around. There's not any one standout receiver. So I'm not going to go as high as you on this one. Uh, I was looking at the top five all went over at 850. So hopefully Chase can do that or you know, maybe not and prove that he was worth that top pick over a tackle. So I'm set the bar at 850 yards. Okay. I think because of all the weapons that they already have that you laid out, I'm going to go under. I think he probably gets like 700, 790, something like that. But That would be a rough year for the number four pick. Yeah. And then, again, with the weapons, it's going to get spread out. So I'm setting the touchdowns at six. Oh, that's harder. Um... You know what? I'm I'm gonna take the under on that as well. He's been struggling in the uh, in the camps with his catching and shit like that. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Jamar Chase, if you if you're listening to this, don't fuck me over. <laughs> you heard it here first. He is a bust. <laughs> I mean, I went, around, the I, went through, I went through around that word just yet, okay? I just think there's a lot of things stacked against him with Joe Burrow coming back off of that significant injury. They still have a problem when it comes to the offensive line. I, I'm just saying, don't throw bust, but it won't be good for him. <laughs> I think those are completely fair points, which is why we tried to go for a tackle. That's what we predicted they were going to do, and that's what we were rooting for them to do to keep Burrow safe but they obviously went differently. So. I, yeah, I, think that, I think there's an underlying plan here. The plan is for Zach Taylor to be so bad, he gets fired midway through the season. When he gets fired midway through the season, at that point is when they start their, their hiring search. And then they bring in Eric Benemy. And I say Eric Benemy because he is the guy. He's the one guy that I think can take a young quarterback and make something great out of them. But you know, we'll see. We'll see. I could be wrong. I assume they're going to hire Sean McVay's waiter and pay him <laughs> $10 million a year. But let's hope I, for Burrow's sake and Bengals' sake that yeah, they do better. Be. I waited on Sean McVay at a Red Lobster once, and he breathed on me. <laughs> I'm going to need top-tier coaching money. Definitely. So. Sign this man. <laughs> that's, that's been the trend. All right. Well, I mean, that kind of wraps up our first – our first uh, cast for the first week of the season. You know, I hope whoever was listening to this, you guys got as much enjoyment out of listening as we did getting uh, getting out of talking about it. You know, the eight people following us on Twitter, appreciate it. And the maybe one or two people listening, appreciate you as well. And if by some chance you drunkenly stumbled on, upon us, thank you for listening. And I hope 
we uh, we weren't too uh, too rough for you. We were gentle because we don't mind being your mistake. Uh, guys, don't forget to give us a follow on uh, at Consulting BNR. That's on Twitter. Uh, we respond to everything, good, bad, and different. If you talk shit, I will talk shit back. Be ready for that. Yes, I am weak, so be nice to me. <laughs> no, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with you. We'll be doing this weekly, so feel free to check out what we're doing. Take it easy, guys. All right, bye.